What sport would be the most fun if it allowed excessive drinking? My answer, my answer is NASCAR. No, God, no. <laughs> the Flyover State Sports Show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Flyover State Sports Show. Why I have an accent? I do not know. But what I do know is that we are, again, in living color, except for Gavin and I, because we're both wearing white for no good reason. Nobody gave me the memo. I know, Beans. It's your fault. You would think that he's the host. He's like the anime main character, because he doesn't look like everyone else. I'm the behind-the-scenes guy. The behind-the-scenes guy. You are the behind-the-scenes guy. You make, you do all the editing. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Gentlemen, it is a great day to be young, alive, and a former Red Raider. Red Raiders forever. That's a great reference for everyone who played football at Wamego High School from 20, uh, what? 2012. Oh, 12 to, like, 12 to 15, 14. Like 15, maybe, like, 11 to 15, something like that. Somewhere yeah, in that's there. Yeah. Reference. If you don't get it, you're not a part of the club. But gentlemen, it's a great day, and I am so excited to get this show off with you. As always, I am joined by Mr. Beans, Caleb Ubel, and Mr. Turd, Gavin Alexander. Gentlemen, introduce yourself and say good day. Gavin, what are you eating? Uh, Doritos, man. Yep. Nice. Kind of Doritos. Doritos and drinking our sponsor today. That's Don't right. Drink our sponsor. Drinking our sponsor. That's right, everyone. Our sponsor today is Dr. Pepper. Tastes good. You know the little midget guy? Yeah, I don't remember oh. that. I, can remember. I don't remember all that. Oh, uh, shit, I can't say that anymore. Anyways, Dr. Pepper is... You said uh, that has, word? He said the bad word. We're going to clickbait that. We're going to say, like, I said the M word or something. Like that. <laughs> People are going to be so confused. Like, what the hell is the M word? But anyways, Dr. Pepper has 23 delicious, unique flavors. And it's not pussified because it's not diet, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper, drink like a champion today. What are the 23 flavors? Um, One of them is T-Rex. So. <laughs> T-Rex. All right. We got T-Rex, vanilla, vanilla, yeah. and like probably like 20 other like. And there's definitely peppers in there. Pepper. Huh? Um, all doctor? of the doctors. Yeah, there's got to be doctor and there's got to be so peppers. So that's five. Is there so at least T-Rex, vanilla, cola, There's at least like doctor four pepper. doctors. Because Dr. Pepper is like half doctor. Something tells me it's mostly carbonated water and high fructose corn syrup, but <laughs> they're like twenty-three different high fructose corn syrups. Wow. No, they absolutely were at like twenty. There's gotta be eleven or not eleven. There's gotta be a, aluminum in there too. 
Oh, there's aluminum yeah, on the outside. Carbonated water. That's How many three. chromosomes do people have? Good God, we gotta get off Dr. Pepper, guys. I'm pretty sure it's. Is it's, it 23? Uh, 23 pairs. It's 23. Isn't it? it was 23. No, it's 23 pairs. Oh, chromosomes? Yeah. I think you're supposed to have 23. Yeah. Yeah, pairs. So you have 46 oh, chromosomes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Does the does the 23 represent like the human entity then? No. Oh. I think we ran out of ideas to keep putting shit in there at 23. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> that we were at Bean's thought provoking moment. Are we doing the show in reverse? Yeah, put no. it in reverse, Terry. Put it, put it in reverse. <laughs> that you know what? That's a future show idea: is to put the show in reverse. That way, oh. people will actually stick. That way, people you know who just skip all the sports stuff and just go to our good stuff can just be there, and then maybe we can convince them with our personalities to stay. Because <laughs> it's all about personality. Yeah. I yeah, it's always been about personality, not looks or appearance. <laughs> Do you think we've gained or lost more viewers after going into living color? Yep. I'd say lost. I I can't confirm. I think that people just like saw us for the first time and were like, yeah, checks out. <laughs> we, yeah, we, yeah. we expected this. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that's enough yik yak, jibber jabber, and the like, because football is back, gentlemen. Woo! It's time. Football we were treated, time. We were it, treated to the absolute greatness that was Thursday night football again for the Hall of Fame game. And it was a classic Thursday night between a middle-of-the-road Raiders team and a bad Jacksonville team. It is the quintessential Thursday night football. Gentlemen, did you watch and did you enjoy yourself? I uh, did not watch, so I would enjoy myself. <laughs> and I just, I just like, cause I want, what, like, I got the gist of the game, kept checking in on what was going on. Um, I just appreciate the NFL. Like, you start with preseason. Now you start with the Hall of Fame game before preseason. Like, they start with your standards so fucking low for football <laughs> that they just like can't disappoint when the regular season comes around. Like, did the happens. game get delayed too? Like, due to yeah. weather. Yeah. yeah. You remember when the game got delayed because like of the shock or something like or the paint hardened up? Oh, I didn't know about that. You, well, you that was a couple years ago, remember? They couldn't play because the field was too hard. Was that Atlanta? I think that was the year Atlanta played there. Well, I don't know what year it was, but they canceled the game, I'm pretty oh. sure. Oh. Damn, that's crazy. You don't remember that? I don't remember that. No. Look, look that up, Beans. Look up canceled Hall of Fame game. But you'll, get, you'll either get that or like a COVID season, and then I will I will serenade everyone with my Hall of Fame game experience while you're looking that up. Twenty six. So I too did not watch the Hall of Fame game because I was feeling very tired that day, and also the previous night I got my recommendations clips from the movie Atlantis. So I decided I want to watch the movie Atlantis instead because fuck the Raiders and fuck the Jags. So I watched Atlantis, and I enjoyed the fuck out of it so much that I watched Hercules afterwards. And I had a great time. You realize that Hercules has one of the greatest original soundtracks to a movie of all time? Oh, good God. I don't even remember the Hercules soundtrack. Oh, my God. It's with the muses? 
By the way, this is your sports podcast, by the way. We haven't even gotten to the end of this yet. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, that's how much I don't give a fuck about the Hall of Fame game because it's preseason for the preseason, which yeah. means it's just bullshit back. Like, no one's playing in that game. No one of note except for Josh Jacobs. Because except for Josh Jacobs. Apparently Josh Jacobs just is bad or something. I don't know. Maybe he must be fucking Josh McDaniels' wife or daughter now instead of John Gruden. So you never know. So what I think it is, like, you see the Patriots game come over. Um, Everybody pretty much could tell that, like, some form of committee is coming this way, which is really funny because if you ask people what, like, Josh Jacobs' problem was for the first three years, it was that he was in a committee. So, like, I don't know really what's changing. It's just he's in, like, I guess a worse committee. But yeah, it's would you guys agree? Right. Would you guys agree that, like, it seemed that the Raiders still at least understood that, like, Josh Jacobs was the starter. Josh Jacobs is a level above all of these other guys that also play running back on our roster. Now it kind of seems like they just don't care who they throw out there. We're going to play whoever we want, even if it's just in the Hall of Fame game. Um, I would say the internet thinks that, but I don't know, because I was too busy rocking Zero to Hero, because that's a fucking awesome banger-ass song. Hercules is a banger-ass movie. I think that that pretty much sums up. That's the only, like, thing that I could try to pull from the Hall of Fame game. Uh, Trayvon Walker got a sack. It's good to see him play, but the quarterback literally ran into him. So I don't know what you get. That from dude it. has to be the most irrelevant first overall pick in like decades. No, it's, Little decades. I'm, I'm like, I, don't, I don't think people actually remember him being the first overall pick. No. Like it's hit. I feel like it's him and Eric Fisher and then every other first overall pick, except for maybe like Jake Long up until like 2000. Everyone knows. But I told I think, you have to get like you have to get like to Courtney Brown or something like that. I think it sums up the I'm glad football is back, but I think it sums up the Hall of Fame game, given that we've talked about Hercules, Trayvon Walker, and Josh Jacobs more than we have the I'm actual. more excited for hard knocks than the Hall of Fame yeah. game. Yeah, like, that's true. I would rather watch Dan Campbell just do Dan Campbell stuff than actual football in the Hall of Fame game. You know what? It's officially fall. Like, I know it's not on the calendar, but, like, when football comes around, it's just it, it, automatic. It is not fall. It's not fall if it's fucking 95 degrees outside. But football is back, so there. it makes it fall. It's that fall no matter what. That is not true. And my happy ass sitting in Bill Snyder Family Stadium in 95-degree weather in September will agree with me on that take. But... Can, can we all just take a step back, though, to, like, appreciate that every weekend for eternity until March is going to have football in it, guys? I mean, there was USFL football, so I don't even yeah, know what you're like, talking about. That's like preseason, like preseason. Well, there, there's going to be XFL next year, too. The XFL might be right after the Super Bowl, and then the USFL will just be right after the XFL. So it's really only going to be like a couple months. Like, you know, now it's just going to be like, oh, yeah, football's on all the fucking time. So what have we, uh, what have we got else in the news from this week? Um, I don't know. Beans wanted to talk about notorious draft bust and leg breaker DeAndre Baker getting cut from the Chiefs. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, easy on. Go so easy on it. I don't know. I mean, Whenever we picked up DeAndre Baker, I was kind of like hyped because of the first overall pick. You know, the story was kind of like, you okay, almost wanted to support that. I want to say this real quick. 
I don't mean to cut you off, but you did something that I fucking hate, and they do this all the fucking time. I know where this Whenever is. someone says this guy is the first overall pick, meaning like the first round pick for a team, that is the I hate that. He's no, no. not the number one overall pick. He is the team's first, first round draft pick. No, he was a first round draft pick, yes. Yes. But, but he was like the first like, overall pick. He was like in the twenties. No, no, no. And yes. also what happens in that logic if you have two first round draft picks? Because people will say, like, oh, he was their first overall pick. It's like, well, then does it become his second overall pick? Like if it's the second first rounder, but then like it's confusing because then there's the second round. So now you're backing up numbers and no, it's no. I get he that. Is the, he is the first round, is a first round draft pick of the New York Giants. He's not the first yes. overall pick of the no, New York no, Giants. No, no, no. I, I don't, did I say that? Yes. You did say that. <laughs> oh, sorry. And I think I meant to say, it sorry. bothers me because people say it like that. I'm not, okay. I, this isn't a call out on you per it's se. It's a call out on humanity. You, you did it. And on it accident. bothers me because it happens and okay. it doesn't make sense. Anyway, no, no, no. DeAndre Baker was like the was 29th like for, in the draft. He was like, yeah, he was like the 28th pick of the draft. Maybe he was like 22nd. I don't it, was, it was a high draft pick. It was kind of like a borderline. Like he could have been a second round talent, but they took him in the first. He was a guy um, I wanted the Chiefs to draft. It, yeah. And he went through some allegations and stuff like that. Stuff came back. He was cleared. But in that time, he was let go by the Giants. Well, when he was cleared in the courts and everything, the Chiefs picked him up. And so everybody was kind of supporting him. It seemed like something was going to go right for him. And then in 2017, I think, or is it 18 maybe, he snapped his femur. It was so, either uh, the year we won the Super Bowl or, the, or two, the year after that. I can't remember. It would have been the year of. So, yeah. It'd have been 29. Well, it would have been 18 going. Yeah, no, wait. It would have been. It would nine. It would have been 19 going. It would have been 19 20. going to 20. So during 2019 against the Chargers, it was like you know the Scrubs were playing because it's the last game of the season, and this was like the time oh, to yeah. see DeAndre play. And it was like the fourth quarter too, and just breaks his femur. Yeah, dude, that and thing went like. I I don't know if he's ever recovered from that, and it's it's sad, but that. No kidding. But the fact that he made it back yeah, in a year says a yes. lot. Yes. But the fact that, you know, the Chiefs cut him, especially this early, says a lot about, like, how yeah, the Chiefs feel about the cornerback room. Trent McDuffie, I mean, probably just stole his job. Pretty and much. I'm, I'm sure some other guy that we brought in also stole Jalen Watson. Job. I think Jalen Watson's talent is, like, slightly above what deandre baker and we watched that clip of i think it was sky Moore and just absolutely cooked deandre baker I'm, so, yeah and, i love so you Jaylen, guys Jalen watson's the guy from washington state right yeah Fulton hitch saw him in an airport one time oh cool so interesting yeah. i love you guys but let's call this for what it is dude snapped his femur in half Probably yeah. just not the player he used to be. It probably yeah. doesn't say a lot about the rest of our cornerback uh, room. It could say good things. It could say bad things. Like, I think we can pretty much just wrap it up into DeAndre Baker is just probably not an NFL caliber athlete at this point. And it was it was a good – like, it was a good pick. Like, this guy had that yeah, no, ceiling. Perfect. Same like, thing with – Perfect pickup. Yes. Yeah, the right process every single time you do that, it makes sense. I don't disagree with you. Just wonder, you just wonder what his route would have been if he would have never snapped his femur. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, who knows? I mean, he he was 
here's the thing, right? Like DeAndre Baker like doesn't get cut by the Giants if he's like worth a damn. You know what I mean? If those allegations don't come out, I honestly don't think they would have cut him. I really don't. Yeah, but like the thing is, is like when Tyree Kill's allegations come out, it's wait and see. Cause like it's Tyree Kill. When DeAndre Baker's allegations <laughs> come out, it's cut him because like he's DeAndre Baker. Yeah. Like he he's a he's a jag. He's just another guy. He was just another corner. Like yeah. he wasn't showing anything to make the Giants like want to wait in the process. So I mean, I think you're dealing with a very below average corner just in general to start, and then he snaps his leg, and now he's probably just not very good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just kind of it. What's that? Is there anything else from Chiefs camp that's been buzzing around, Beans? Uh, Sky Moore keeps lining up in the backfield. Back, let's go! Yes, Sky Moore <laughs> keeps playing running back, and Isaiah Pacheco keeps playing running back. So apparently, we're going to use Sky Moore and Isaiah backs? Pacheco as our starting running backs for yeah. no good reason. But like, can we look at the big picture with that? And I'm going to attempt to keep my like Sky Moore love in check here. I don't need to say anything more on this podcast. Absolutely not, Gavin. You cannot keep hyping him up. Let's let's look at this from the opposite way. If Isaiah Pacheco and Sky Moore is getting, I guess, regular reps or like just any reps at running back, the run the guys that like any of the guys we projected to be the starters, which would be Clyde, which would be Rojo, which would be uh, Derek McKinnon, Jet, they're yeah. not getting those reps. They're not getting rep, maybe reps. Period. I don't know. That stuff's not getting reported on. But like that's the bigger story to me is that, like, all of these guys that were projected to be the starter are just, like, kind of floating in this, like, dangerous... Uh, okay, what like, does that let's say be real about, here, right? Is, like, go ahead, Beans. What does that say about CEH? Like, we're losing a slot receiver to play with reps with Jet McKinnon in the backfield to run a counter, like... That's kind of what I'm getting at there, is I think this speaks more about... And it, it's training camp. I get that. We're trying new things and all that stuff, but, like... Mm-hmm. The, at the same time, the starters are on the field. You're like you're practicing, you're implementing new stuff, and you're not you're not doing that with you're not doing creative stuff with Clyde. You're not doing creative stuff with Rojo. You're not doing creative stuff with Jarek McKinnon. Like, how much stuff? How much creative stuff could you do with Rojo? How much creative stuff can you do with Clyde? Can I was I thinking a, more, but this but this is the fine this is finally the toy that this is finally the toy that Andy Reid gets, and I think he's just winding it up and is just enjoying the living hell out of this thing. Here's my thing, right? Like you get these reports like, oh, Pacheco's running with the ones, and like, oh, Sky Moore's taking carries. Like I, I bet you Sky Moore has gotten exactly like two carries with the ones. And they were and Isaiah Pacheco's gotten like five to ten. Like, I mean, but, and the that's lies, gentlemen. If, if, you, if you watch like a like when I was in college, like you rotate that so that way you have reps with your starters, your back. Like Chad Haney's going to run with the one offensive line just so that way you have that, you know, what do you call it, chemistry. And yeah. so I, I'm not but, worried about Sky Moore in that. No, sense. but so like. I, th- but throwing Sky Moore at running back is what exactly Gavin is saying here. Like, what is this saying about the room right now? I think it's well, saying that Andy Reid is fucking around. I don't, dude. Andy Reid's been like like twenty, like Andy Reid was the offensive coordinator when the Packers won the Super Bowl. Brett Favre in like nineteen ninety six or whatever. No, you, I, you can't convince me that he's just not dicking around. Me like, ah, hey, look at this. 
like Tyreek Hill was probably doing the same shit. He probably just threw him in there going, oh, yeah, we did this shit with Tyreek Hill last year, so we're going to just do it with Sky Moore. That that wasn't really meant as much towards Sky Moore. Sky Moore is just a versatile player, and that's exactly what they're doing with him, is seeing exactly what he can and can't do, especially with a rookie. Isaiah Pacheco taking significant reps there every single day is more of what I'm talking about there. We're like, there's still the people out there that'll just like, this doesn't mean anything, or like, they still view Clyde or Rojo or whoever is the starter. And like, I think at this point, it's just easy or fair to say, like, Hit, nobody knows who the starter at running back is. For the him, for him Pacheco. taking, him taking two or three snaps a day in training camp will equivalent to maybe like five snaps a game at running back. Can we get a like rewind of the equivalent word? No. There? <laughs> equivalent, 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 equivalent. What's the word? Equivalent. Equal. Equilateral triangulate. Yeah. Law of equivalent exchange. No, Speaking um, of the law. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just trying to. I think that that pretty much wraps it up. I don't know what other like major stories have been coming out of Chiefs training camp. I'd like to hear more about the secondary than I have, especially since it's so new and young and rebooted. No, no one's about defense. They, we, I, people don't report about defense. They don't give a shit. The I great know. offense goes burr. Yeah. Yeah, fun fun offense go burr, <laughs> defense go durr. <laughs> as long I, as was, did you ahead. guys see the uh, video from Sky Moore at practice catching the pa- like the deep pass from Patrick Mahomes? But there's just like not nobody, there's nobody not within twenty yards of him. And like part of me sees that and is like, oh, Sky Moore's a great route runner. He puts the corner in the fucking shadow realm. And then the other part of me is like, oh shit, that's still our team's own corner or defense. <laughs> the thing is, I'm like 85% sure that was just a go route. No, and like, th- isn't that exactly the problem the Chiefs had for the first seven yeah. weeks? Yes. And then yeah, like, Daniel Sorensen leaving the go route wide open. Well, and like, we part of Chiefs fans believe that. We only fix that because of Tyron Matthew, who's also not here anymore. So, like, <laughs> so what's going yeah. on? Yeah. So wait like, a minute. Our defense might stink. <laughs> uh, there, there. Yeah, there's another like sideline route I saw Sky Moore got, and uh, who's our first round corner is Trent McDuffie, right? Trent McDuffie, yes. yeah. Yeah, and he's just like playing like the like side of the field zone and just kind of like stops, <laughs> like the ball's in the air, and it's just like. There's a lot of um, – now, granted, it's training camp. Nobody's going 100%. All of that needs to be said. But I just wish I would be seeing more um, from our defense. Well, that was think of how think of how new this defense is. You got a new corner. You have brought in a new safety. Juan Thornhill is – We give up 40 points the first four weeks. Nobody's going to give a shit how new – Yeah, I don't give a shit how new this defense is beans. I need results. Yeah. I need results. <laughs> You want to know why I need results? Because we could have went out and got fucking James Bradbury, and we didn't. And Bean said it was a terrible idea. I just want to keep that on record so that I can be pissed when we give up. You know for goddamn sure James Bradbury is going to end up as, like, second-team All-Pro or some bullshit. Probably. No shit. And James Bradbury at corner. Like, just wrap your head around that. Yeah, that's good. That's good shit. We don't have a single corner that I think would, like— we don't have any corners better than those two dudes. Just like period. No, we don't. <laughs> Beans might okay. think Trent McDuffie might be, according to Beans. But the he average age, the average age of our cornerback room is probably the average age of this podcast right now. 
I don't give a flying fuck what the age of the fucking cornerback room is. I only care if they can fucking play, Beans. Yeah. Speaking of playing, we're playing with emotions here. The USA Today coaches poll is out. The first rankings of the season. Gentlemen, I don't think you guys have heard this one yet. I have not. Nope. Then we're going to reveal it live on air. Who wants to take a stab in the dark on who number one is, by the way? Bama. Bama's correct. Oh. So we'll we'll list them down from 1 to 25. I'll do it very quickly to not bore all of our subservient listeners out there. We have 1, Bama, 2, Ohio State, 3, Georgia, 4, Clemson. That's going to be DJ Stink. That's a little high. Blue Lele is fucking garbage. Before Uh, you continue, I do want to say, for the people that say preseason rankings don't matter, go fuck yourself because it's a lot harder to climb the rankings late in the season than it is to fall fall. winning. Also, preseason rankings are just used to sell tickets for the first three weeks and give teams who are playing each other fake good wins, even though That's the team Texas they, and Alabama are playing week yeah, one. Yeah, Texas will be in the top ten in this poll, and then it'll be like, oh, wait, Bama beat a top ten team in Texas. And it's like, well, they right. finished four and eight, so, like, yeah, okay. Uh, sorry, you can continue. Anyways, five, Notre Dame. Six, Michigan. Seven, Texas A&M. Eight, Utah. Nine, OU. Ten, Baylor. Eleven, Oklahoma State. 12, Oregon, 13, North Carolina State, 14, Michigan State, 15, USC, 16, Pitt, which I think is the most outlandish of all the rankings, personally, Wow. Uh, 17, Miami, 18, Texas, 19, Wake, underrated, uh, 20, Wisconsin, 21, Kentucky, 22, Cincinnati, 23, Arkansas, 24, Ole Miss, number 25, Houston. Also reported from those top 25, teams that received first place votes, Alabama, 64, naturally, Georgia, 6, Ohio State, 5, and with one, I can't believe I'm going to have to say this, with one first place vote, Texas. Texas is back, baby. Let's go. Do you realize... Think about that. Texas is ranked 18th, and they got a first-place vote. Who the hell is sitting in that meeting and says, Texas? I, no, it's I, controversial. Like, all the ballots when, are, like, sealed and si- the, sealed, signed, and delivered. Those are the types of, uh, like, decisions that get made, and those are the people that, like, are in power. And it cracked me up when we went from a computer system and then told ourselves that we're going to get 16 of the greatest minds and we're going to lock them into a room and they're going to pick the four best players or teams in the country to play it out in a playoff. And it was like, wait a second. Like, I don't trust the 16 best minds to pick the four best teams. Dude, okay, here's the thing. The BCA, this is where everything got, like, fucked up. And people, people are scared of what they don't understand. The BCS system is, like, so fucking easy to understand. Yes. It was literally one third of it was the coaches poll. Another third of it was like the Harris poll. And then there were like six computer ranking systems and they like averaged it all out to make like an aggregate rating system. And that was like a third of it. Yep. And like, that was it. It was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> so we have like two thirds, pe- one third coaches, one third, like 
media people and one third computer and it spits out a rating and everyone's happy. Yep. And the one thing that people just didn't understand was like, yes, we want a 14 playoff, but we want a 14 playoff using the BCS stuff. Nope, they want to be able to control the narrative, though, Sam. I know they want to be able to control the narrative. <laughs> but, okay. It's let's, so dumb. Let's get into some takeaways here. So I have – I'll get us started. I have two. First one, um, non-Texas and Oklahoma schools in the Big 12 with uh, Baylor and Oklahoma State ranked pretty high. That's pretty good to see. I um, see Oklahoma. Oklahoma's ranked ninth. I, I genuinely don't have any – like, I don't I don't get name. it. Name. I mean – I, I know it's name, but, like – it, Texas is still at 18. I know. Like, Oklahoma's, like Baylor is object. How is Oklahoma like voted lower than like Baylor and Oklahoma State by the people in the Big 12? And like they are just randomly ahead of Baylor. It's so dumb. I hate preseason ranking. Yeah. So but I mean, not. let's uh, the Big 12 is comprised of teams that nobody wants at this point. And to see two teams in the Big Facts. 12 that high is good yeah. to see for the conference regardless. Um. And I just also want to point out very quickly that uh, Arkansas is now ranked higher that they don't have Traylon Burks on their team. So, uh, <laughs> what do you guys think? Um, it my makes reaction is one: sense. whoever from Texas can go fuck themselves. Like seriously, like oh my god, like fuck you. You don't believe that? Like you, you think about who you're voting for, like as them as number one. So you have to think they're better than Bama, who literally just went to the national championship and, and has a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback returning and has, like, the best defensive player in college football returning and has just as many five-star recruits as Texas and has a better coach than Texas. And there goes and our Texas listener. Texas. Huh? And there goes our Texas listener. Nah. Uh, dude, Good. okay. But seriously, what has Texas done – in the last, like, what did Texas do last year to make you think that they were the 18th best team this year? Go out and lose to fucking KU? Yeah, I guess that fucking gives me a vote of confidence for them. Um, Yeah. They can't do it again. It's fucking, it's fucking stupid. It's fucking stupid. I don't understand. I don't need to get into a rant about it. Um, I think Pitt's too high. Um, NC State kind of shocked me how low they were. I thought maybe they could have been a little bit higher. Who? NC State. Yeah, NC State's like a real sleeper this year. Clemson's also way too high. Way too overrated. But Clemson's quarterback fucking sucks. They're probably just going to win the ACC, but they're going to lose to like a couple teams. Just because in the ACC, Clemson might literally run the table because the ACC fucking sucks outside of NC State. I don't know, though. Like, their quarterback, like, their roster was good and they had terrible quarterback play last year and they sucked last year. Like, DJ yeah, well, they suck the Clemson standards. They still went like nine and three or something. Yeah, I okay, that's. But different. in stand in standards, like you, you also have to bad. you also have to adjust for the fact that they went nine and three in it's, the ACC with much better talent and much better coaching. Right, they lost to NC State. They lost to uh, they lost to Georgia in the first game. Yeah, and then I remember watching Justin Ross in there. I don't remember who else they lost to. I don't really care. They didn't lose uh, to yeah. Wake, did? Or no? Never mind. No, I think they beat Wake. It, Anyways, it doesn't really regardless. matter. Um, all I'm gonna say, all I'm gonna sit here and say to you is one, DJ Lele, DJ awful quarterback, and sponsored by Dr Pepper somehow. Right. And I am. Um, 
And I've never seen a quarterback literally get bitched more in one game than him versus Georgia. That was like an out-of-body experience. It was incredible. I've and Dabo never- still goes up to bat for this guy. Like, Dabo's like, this is going to be his, like, first true year. And- you, uh, so yeah, I have a good he, he played, like, half a season with Trevor Lawrence. Like, yeah. sitting out, and then he played a full season. Like, he's on his second – he's on his two-and-a-half season. He was – I don't remember the stat that I saw because it was something when I was researching stuff about Justin Ross, but it was where, like, Justin Ross had, like, the, like, least catchable – like, had the uh, least percent of his cat passes thrown his way were catchable or something like that. And like it was outside of it was that. outside of his catching area. Yeah. So that yeah, was they had the same thing happened to him, and that's why he wrote up draft boards because it was like, oh, this dude's like really good. And he only had like thirty percent catchable balls because DCU's quarterbacks were so bad. Well, and it's like, like, hang on a second. Like I watched Will Howard. Like I know this stuff. Like that hurt my <laughs> eyes, and that guy was worse. And he's sponsored by Dr Pepper, and it's a five star prospect. Like, Will Howard should be sponsored by Dr. Pepper. DJ can be sponsored by Diet Dr. Pepper. Around this shit. Like, I understand he's got a like a fucking hose for a right arm, but like every quarterback in FBS is a fucking hose. Speaking of that, to kind of get us off of this, was Kentucky ranked with Will Levis as well? Yes, Kentucky was like twenty-one or something like that. Okay. Tennessee that fans were fucking mad in the comments though because they think they need to be ranked. They. Tennessee will probably just be overrated as usual. There, They'll like probably the, go 500 with really good quarterback play and then say, oh, we are in the SEC. Yes. The bottom like oh, 10. Well, well, and then they'll lose some Big Ten, Ten team in a bowl game. Like, yeah, I can't matter. wait to see like Tennessee and Texas's fan bases like clashing with each other, each other because like they're ranked like 11th and like 10th in the SEC preseason polls. And they're like, no, fuck you guys. We're better than you. Tennessee really old, like, dude, Tennessee had, like, a might, like, Tennessee is, like, the SEC version of K-State, like, right now, where it's, like, oh, yeah, we were really good, like, in the fucking 90s and, like, early 2000s, and, like, they're just, they have, like, one natty, and they're, like, so goddamn entitled. It's incredible. They're just not a good program. Tennessee and Texas are, like, the same fucking team. Yeah. They're both orange. They both start with T, and the fans are both ridiculous. <laughs> All right. We, and they both uh, squander a shit ton of talent, too. At least Tennessee has to play fucking Bama every year. Texas, you, like, Texas gets to play, like, fucking KU in, like, Iowa State when Iowa State fucking sucked. Tennessee got out there and played, like, freaking Bama and Florida every fucking year. And Georgia now. It's like, god damn, Texas, you bums. I think, uh... I think we're ready to transition onto Sam's baseball time here. Yes, this is this is my baseball time. Um, I'll keep it short and sweet. So I was able to go and watch the majority of the Red Sox and Royal Series this week. I did not get to go to the Thursday game because my work has been a living nightmare. I dream at night and all I see is mower decks and I wake up in terror. But I think we finally solved the problem. Literally, the problem was solved by like putting four pins into a gra- into the ground. So that was fun. <laughs> but um, anyways, I missed the first game and the Red Sox lost. I went to the second game and the Red Sox won. Pretty uneventful stuff. 
and then I go to game three. I'm with Cash Kansas and my buddy Corey, and it's tied four to four in the bottom of the ninth. And Nick Prado is up to bat. And Nick Prado at this time is batting 180, which for those of you that don't know, is goddamn awful in terms of baseball. (laughs) So I'm sitting there as my relief pitcher is pitched three innings already, who is our only good relief pitcher at the time, thinking, God, is this 180 average guy going to ruin my night? And lo and behold, Garrett Whitlock threw one right down the goddamn middle. He had him at one and two and then got to three and two. And instead of just issuing a walk like a normal pitcher should, he absolutely just threw it down the poop chute. And Nick Prado took him to fucking straightaway center. And I'm sitting here hands or head in hands while Cash and Corey are just like rubbing it in. And then I had to freaking deal with that. So that was awful. And so then I go to the next game thinking, ah, Boston can tie this series. And no, they can't tie the series because we can't get any freaking hits. And Cutter Crawford sucks. And freaking, we just give up five runs because MJ Melendez <laughs> decides to freaking eat our ass. And then Tommy Pham hits a home run. It's five to three. And I'm like, ah, yeah. Like, here we go. We got two frames left. It's the bottom of the seventh. We can absolutely bring this game back. And then J- then Jaron Durrett makes like two or three errors in like the bottom of the seventh. They score two runs. It's five. It's like a four-run ball game again. We don't score in the top of the eighth, and it's like, okay, it's probably over. And then I just get – and I have a, like, three-hour car ride, two-and-a-half, three-hour car ride coming up to get back to Indy. I'm like, all right, let's just go one, two, three, like, twice. Let me get out of here. I'll be back in Indy by, like, 6.30. But, no, Darwazan Hernandez, you sneaky – fucking bastard you absolute fraud you absolute fucking bastard issued three straight walks to lead off the bottom of the eighth which how do you do that for god's sakes and then gives up multiple hits and suddenly we're bringing in classmate of mine austin davis in his cravis eyes into the game fucking stop it and it's an eight run inning and it's like takes a half fucking hour and it was like a hundred degrees outside and my team's losing i'm pissed and i hate it and fuck you hernandez fuck the red sox it fucking suck i hate it here we ended up losing by like eight runs because we got two. that that was the other thing too rolls threw in some fucking make-a-wish kid and then boston scored like two runs so instead of going like one two three with a closer I was there for another like 20 minutes because we fucking scored two runs because of a Make-A-Wish kid. Nice. I just love hearing from an outsider's perspective when I don't understand like 50% of what Sam was talking about. But the 50% that I do understand is just being like genuinely frustrated when your team is losing, sitting there and just like helplessly watching and this the pissed off frustration uh, all fans feel when you're in the stands and you just wonder what the fuck is going on. I can tell you right now, you give me, like, a screen so I don't get fucking line-drived in the head, 
I'd go out there and pitch just as good as Darwazan Hernandez did. Because I can't pitch any worse. So you can get a fucking out. I can fucking walk. I can walk three people to start an inning. Fucking do that in my sleep. Easy as shit. I'm happy that we could be a support system here for Sam. I hate it. I literally spent all weekend trying to root for this team. And what did they do? Win one game against one of the worst teams in baseball. I guess they're one of the worst teams in baseball now. If uh, you need a different type of support system, Sam, you could take us to RJ Jones. Yes. You know, it's funny. When one door closes on you enjoying your baseball, another door opens. And Jerome Tang, you are a sexy, sexy man who is a very good recruiter, apparently, because he has landed his second top 100 recruit in as in about a month or so. RJ Jones commits to K-State. According to some sites, the number one player in the state of Texas, uh, the around 67th-ish best recruit in the country, and will be paired up with Dai Ames, who is like the 49th best recruit in the country. It is our best recruiting class already, by the way. It is already our best recruiting class in basketball, ratings-wise, since 2009, which is crazy, for one. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so Bruce Weber couldn't ever recruit. Jerome Tang literally walked in and put together a better recruiting class than Bruce Weber ever did ratings-wise. So. so whether we get results like Bruce did with the Dean Wade, Barry, Barry Brown, and Kamal Stokes class remains to be seen. but it is a step in the correct direction. Gentlemen, I'm excited. What about you? So I know I talked to you a little bit about this, Sam, and Beans, I wonder if you think the same thing that I do. But, like, taking a step back and looking at K-State sports over the majority of the last decade, essentially after the Big 12 title years, um, it's felt like there's always been reasons for optimism, but then just a lot of, for lack of a better way to put it, falling players, coaches, whatever, falling short of expectations, flat on their face, whatever. Like, we bring in – we've had two four-star quarterbacks come in with Skyler. Skyler was a four-star on certain sites. Um, Good God, Rubley has came in and hasn't done anything, couldn't beat out Will Howard last year. And it's just like there's no – like, there's hype there. We see what you can do well, and you just fall short. We saw what Bruce could do and then starts falling short. It's so reassuring for a fan base, for myself, for all of us, I'm sure, to just be like, hey, we're bringing in this coach. He's a great recruiter. We're like, there's a couple other things that we're not so sure about, but there's reasons for optimism. But like, we know he's a great recruiter and he is not falling short of expectations. He's fucking knocking it out of the park. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to for the first time in forever. It feels like K-State sports is finally getting what was advertised. And that, that alone just makes me happy as a fan because it's something that was so needed for this fan base was something to go right, one of our major sports. No, I agree. I agree with that. Um, you know, a lot of there's a lot of negativity with the Jerome Tang. Not a lot, but there, there's like circulating, you know, people there's that – There's that negativity, people that say, oh, well, why wasn't he hired for 18 years or whatever? It, it's or, all the Brad Underwood fucking – Yeah. yeah. And and I think – and then people were starting to get worried because players were leaving what we were down to like two rostered players. We, and, we were down to two rostered players at one point. That I, I actually don't even know how many players are on the roster right now. It might actually only be like 10. <laughs> but the fact that we had to go backwards and now he's just 
sprinting to make it to the finish line now and he's killing it like it's awesome well doesn't that that, sorry not to cut you off but doesn't that like speak to the i want to view that as like speaking to the confidence that jerome tang has like if he really went to these players and just was like this is what's going to happen they didn't want a part of it and they transferred out like he knew that he has the ability to just build us up through players if that's what he's making he's making his locker room and one thing that you know Baylor really hit on that Texas market. Where's RJ Davis for, or RJ Jones from? Number Texas. one player in Texas. So he's going to keep hitting that Texas market. Hopefully he can sprinkle in those Kansas kids because we're, you know, Kansas yeah, homers. They got like, to be able to I, elevate. I don't, I don't care. Talent is talent. And if he's getting the number one player from Texas, you know, we'll probably get the number two number. You know, I'm not saying it could happen, but, you know, it follows that talent well, follows talent, with it. Talent, mm-hmm. talent follows talent, too. Once you start, yes. you're, you bring in those types of recruiting classes. And you're like kids know that, like you bring in good talent here. Maybe they even go on to the NBA like kids want to play with other talented kids. It's a lot easier once you start improving that program to keep building on good recruiting classes. Yep, it's a it's a the. uh it's pretty much the uh, self-fulfilling prophecy type thing where it's like you win games. So people want to come play for you. When good play, when people want to come play for you, they help you win more games. So better players want to come play for you. So then you win even more games. Right. And that's just what happens. Like if you're good, people want to come play for you. Like Gavin said. And I want, I want to shout out, um, cause we've, we've been talking about this with K-State football too. Like that applies to that too. We still have, um, good God, a quarterback we just signed. Avery um, Johnson. Thank you. Um, it's quite possible. We see more like a wide receiver committing to Kansas State's going to have pause if they see that Will Howard is going to be the fucking quarterback throwing him the ball. Mm-hmm. Now they say, Oh shit, you guys have an elite 11 quarterback. Like this all, there's a lot of good things going on with K-State sports at, uh, at this time. Go ahead, Sam. Kobe Lane, if you're listening, we want you here at K-State. I know that you uh, were catching passes from Avery at Elite 11, and you were like, wait, hey. the best receiver at Elite 11. Uh, we'd love you here. Also, John Randall Jr., what up, girl? Uh, we wanted you with Dylan Edwards, but fuck Dylan Edwards. Just kidding. Uh, but, yeah, you should come here too. Not better at all. But, yeah, building something awesome. Come be the fucking running back at K-State, my dude. Yeah. Have a good-ass time. Come on the pod. Now. Yeah, for sure. Either one of you guys, you want to come on? Let me know. All right. Now, the we'll, reality we'll get you to our secretary. Is, we'll get you a t-shirt, too. The the reality here is, like, obviously, player develop for Jerome Tang, player development, um, in-game decision-makings. A lot of things still got to be decided here. Like, we got to make sure that we keep expectations in check. Like, Sam, I know I was talking to you the other day, and you pointed out, like, yes, this is all great, but, like, still for this year's basketball, like, we have to be we have to be sure to keep our expectations in check for this team. Yeah, I mean, this, no, this no. Last year, right? I, I mean this in the nicest way possible, but if we finish, like, above, like, the last two places in the Big 12, I will, like, be kind of surprised. Yeah. We have the K-State right now is so much, like, it's so much turnover. And there's not a lot of recruits that are coming in to, like, save us. And all the transfers are unknowns. And, I mean, I don't know. Maybe all the guys we got are the greatest players of all time and we're actually good. But I think it's just important to 
Like, this is a building year. Like, exactly. it's a lot of the same as last year. K-State fans can't get this expectation of we're going to win it all. You know, like, it's going to be rough. Don't shit on the basketball team. Don't shit we're on gonna the program. Win it all. We, because we it's going to it drive – you're going to drive those players away. Be supportive. Come out. Fill up Bramlage. Fill it up. Exactly. Support them whether we suck or where we're good. Just That's, support people them. People don't want to come here if you're going to be a ne- if you're going to be a negative Nancy about it. Even if the team fucking sucks, go to the game, drink some beers, yell at some other college kids, and just fucking have a good old time. Win or lose, Let's don't be enjoy- a don't be a deadbeat downer. Let's enjoy being bad together now, so that we can enjoy being good later. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So speaking of bad, um, I had this idea uh, this a while thing. ago, and I pitched it to Gavin, and it was it was really more of a thought experiment. It was like, um, how many teams in the NFL are like poverty? You know what I mean? Well, like, it's, it's ba- it basically was like more or less how many of them are like not like well run, mm-hmm. right? How many of them are well run? So that leads us to today's segment where I'm hosting this. And I think uh, poverty or making fun of NFL teams has been an important theme for this podcast. I think you both would agree. So, gentlemen, we have our poverty tier ranking here today. Uh, Poverty power rankings. Poverty power rankings. So we'll debate on who goes where. Um, there's a lot of criteria. You could do it like in the last year, the last five years, all time. But yeah. this will be kind of the ratings for today. So in S tier, we have shit. I need to no, I need to adjust me, Mike. I was gonna say you are cracking. Yeah, I know. Oh, Jesus Christ. We can edit some of that piece. It's okay. No, it's it's staying. It's, it's staying. In right. It's in there. Oh, uh, can you hear me now? Good. Yes. yes. So here we have objectively not poverty. Objectively. Oh, so we're going from least poverty to most poverty? Yeah, so like this is – so this row – is like the team. So here's the deal. This top row are the teams that are not poverty, right? Okay. Okay. Everything else is some level of poverty. Um. So A is well run. Like it's just a well run franchise, but it's okay. still like not elite. You know what I mean? Yeah. B. Is could be worse. It could be the Jags. Yes, you you could be much worse. Yep. C is simple. It's mid. <laughs> Absolute mid. Irrelevant even. D is poverty. We're going to absolute poverty then? And F is absolute poverty. There we go. All right. So 
in terms of stipulations for this, um, I want to see how you guys feel about this. Can we, because I feel like most of our listeners are around our age or like maybe a little older, younger. I feel like it's fair to keep it to pretty much our lifetime. So the way that I'm going to debate this is like what I know, right? Yes. So yes. like, for example, if the Texans existed since like the 1920s and they won like 10 Super Bowls, like from 1960 to 1970 and have been awful the entire time in my lifetime, I probably wouldn't put them absolute poverty, but the poverty, right? Like that's the yeah. way it is. Yeah. Like the okay. Browns, for example, are a good example because they have like 10 AFL title or 10 AFL championships. And that was like in the fifties. Like no one gives a shit or sixties. Yeah. But it's kind of weighted by time. Like we're reaching. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So we'll just go alphabetical order, right? All right. So we start. So, that, so, so here's how we'll do it, right? If there is, we can all, we all put in our votes. So, like, if two people vote for one and one person votes the other, it goes to the two people. If we all vote for different things, it goes in the middle person just to keep okay. it moving. Okay. So we got the Arizona Cardinals. Gentlemen, why is this team not just absolute poverty? Ooh. I'm here to tell you right now, gentlemen, just the, the Cardinals are god-awful. They don't win anything. They've never won anything, even if you go back into the I was day. Say, for like, just for my knowledge, do they have a Super Bowl? They no, have, they, have, they have an appearance in our lifetime, and that is it. When was their appearance? It was in 08. Uh, 43 against the, the San Antonio Holmes catch. Oh, okay, okay. Kurt Warner. Did, ben you don't even remember them going to the Super Bowl. No. So, yeah, with with that in mind and, like, how obnoxious I think their recent decision-making has all been, I don't see a reason to not put them in absolute poverty, and I'll be the first one to throw that out there. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. going with absolute poverty as well. Beans, you can try and convince me that they're just regular poverty. but See, yeah, that's where I'm leaning was, uh, was just normal poverty because of that short period there with Kurt Warner. But if we – are going to take the whole thing in the aggregate there, it's absolute poverty. Can, All right. I'm I, good with, I'm good with absolute poverty. That, like, they have Kyler, which some people believe is like an elite NFL quarterback. They had Kurt Warner, and like nobody still cares about Kurt that. Warner's a Hall of Fame quarterback, and like he will they had a they had a Hall of Fame wide receiver, like top five all time, and a Hall of Fame quarterback. And almost won a Super Bowl and then never got close to it again. That's poverty. That's, that's absolute poverty, in my opinion. Also, uh, this might be a hot take, but I think their logo is absolute poverty as well. Like, I'm not, I'm not a fan of their logo. Okay. Next team, I love their logo. I, I do like their logo. Yes. The Atlanta Falcons, gentlemen. I've debated on this. This one's a, a wishy-washy one. I wanted to put them in absolute poverty just purely because of 28 to 3. But I cannot ignore that Matt Ryan and Julio Jones had some good years. Michael Vick got them to some NFC title games. They've been in multiple Super Bowls. I'm so, leaning poverty. Are we think I'm leaning mid or poverty. I'm not really I was lean I was leaning towards poverty. I'm leaning towards mid because mm. they have been relevant. And here's something with them that like makes me, it makes them more relevant in my mind. And as, as a whole franchise, 
I love their stadium. Their new stadium that like everything that they have there in Georgia is kick-ass. Their stadium is cool and new. Um, I think that that means something to me. Um, if you want to include that because they haven't won anything in their new stadium or whatever, like sure. But the atmosphere and like just the appearance of that stadium is kick-ass. I'm going with poverty because of their uniforms. They have the work. They have the worst alternate uniform in all of sports with the two-tone red and black jerseys. Those are atrocious. Those should never be worn. And that's what what makes them poverty for me. (laughs) And since I'm agreeing with Beans, poverty wins out. And I'm here to make all of these teams poverty. This one's pretty open and shut with the Ravens, right? Like, they're objectively not poverty, correct? Yeah, no, they are. No, uh, yeah. In yeah. my opinion, they're top tier. The yes. the Ravens, Loki, might be the most well run team like in the NFL, like yep. in our lifetime. Like, yep. like they're always consistent. Like you know what to expect out of them every year, even with turnover. Yes. The Ravens weren't even the worst team in the NFL when Joe Flacco was their starting quarterback, and they towards ACL and they started Jimmy Clausen. Like they're, yeah. they're they're awesome. Okay, Bills. This is a tough one because Bill recency, really recency bias tells me well run. Dude, I was gonna say recency bias tells me mid. I Dude. agree with Sam. They were like poverty. They were they were poverty. They were. Like they've they been were. There. But I'm talking like recent, Bowl, recent. I'm talking in those Super Bowls back in the '90s. Like out that I'll that's. They lost all of them, though. That, okay, you can say they you can say they lost all of them, but you know how hard it is to make it to the Super Bowl. Like, yes, I understand how hard it is to make it to the Super Bowl, and they still lost. And it, all. And it, it, it is hard to you know say, oh, well, you lost them all, and they that's didn't hard. Make but the it is for like twenty two years or something crazy like that. But I'm I, talking like in the last four years, like, but but before that, they're, they're but, well run now. Yeah, now, yes, but. Before that, yeah, I agree with you there. So like probably we're, we're arguing, but we all agree that they're at least mid or well run. <laughs> could we? Could we? Can we say it could be worse? Like that's the middle ground. You know what? Fine, we'll give them it could be worse because they were they never bottomed out. They were bad, yeah. but they were never bottomed out. And like they're they're a team that like are the people that are just like 10, 15 years older than us would be sitting here saying like, well, you got to give them respect for the '90s success. And all we right, didn't exactly. You know why there could be worse? Because the Jets are their fucking division. We'll get to them later. It could be worse. <laughs> All, right. All right. The Panthers one, are weird to me. Because the yeah. Panthers picked number one overall for Cam Newton. And, like, the Panthers have had, like, bad teams. But, like, I don't think of them as poverty for some reason. I just think of them as irrelevant. Which might actually be worse well, than absolute poverty. Isn't this the only team that's been around in our, like, since we've been born, when I, were they I a fran- mean, When did they become a franchise? Ninety eight, probably like 96, 95, 98, something like that. So literally, they've been a franchise as long as we've been oh, around. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, so for my I, money, as like unique, so this goes to Lamar too. When you have a quarterback like Cam Newton, that is like unlike anything the league has ever seen. You make it to a Super Bowl with them. And I know this is a short sample size in there, but, like, they had all that and then didn't win a Super Bowl, and it all fell apart underneath their, like, whatever. To me, it's just, like, a bunch of mid. Like, they had good, they had bad, 
they even when they got great, they like shit it away and like fell back to irrelevant. No, it does feel a lot like mid, but like I'm I'm also thinking it's just all Carolina might actually be the most irrelevant team in the league. Yeah, we we need to have just an irrelevant team. <laughs> <laughs> I almost feel like that'd be the base. We'll put them in mid, but we might make an irrelevant tier here later. I mean, mid could really just be irrelevant. Like you're not, yeah. shit, but like you're not you're not even worth the consideration. Yeah, you're just like. All right, Bears are poverty. I don't poverty. not absolute poverty because they have one of the greatest defenses of all time in a Super Bowl. And like but that they are poverty. I don't care what you guys say. No, look, <laughs> I agree with you. They're a team that like you can at least look to previous success and they like have like you said, people will talk about the eighty five Bears defense and just all that stuff with them. And like, okay, that, that defense is the only thing from keeping them in a- out of absolute poverty. They, I don't think they've had a quarterback ever go over like four thousand yards. I think that's no, the stat. Did. I mean, let's give credit where credit's due. Like they haven't had a good quarterback in forever, but still have had some reasonable, successful seasons. Like that's at least means something. But that's why they're not absolute poverty. They're just so this is another recency bias can bias candidate. But oh, what about they're what about the, the life, what about the lifetime before that? That's what I'm saying is, like, does one Super Bowl appearance keep you from absolute – So if, like, you, I, if you were to ask me now, I would say, like, in now with Joe Burrow and the staff that they have now, I would say well run. I but think they're definitely poverty. Because I think they're poverty. I think they Marvin would. Lewis, there there was so much poverty going on. During the Marvin Lewis era, like before he got there, like before he got there, and like for the first part, and then with like the whole Carson went or Carson Wentz, Carson Palmer fiasco, but then they had some success. Like I, I've known the Bengals as like a kind of up and down. Like in my lifetime, they're kind of an up and down yo-yo team. They'll be like really good at some points, and then like really bad at some points. They're never like truthfully like bad. They had or, like in the middle, if that makes sense. Of just like not having a playoff win forever. Like, I, to me, they, without last year, if last year would have just, like, been a normal year, not making the Super Bowl, had a playoff win, then lost, like, I'd still think they'd be closer to absolute poverty than poverty. That's but, what I'm saying, is, like, yeah. I think if, if they just lose to Kansas City in the AFC title game, like, they were, like, they should have, I mean, like, what they were supposed to or whatever. Yes. Then, like, we're arguing between poverty and absolute poverty. Yes. But now, like, because they make a Super Bowl, we're arguing between, like, mid and poverty. I'm not buying that. I think they're just yeah. poverty. And we need to give them credit because, I mean, the last couple of years, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, like, there's been a lot of good that they've done recently. T. Higgins, like, that's – we got to give them credit for that. So now they're just poverty. <laughs> yeah. All right, Browns, absolute poverty. There's not absolute a whole lot poverty. to say here. No, they're – yeah, that's the – The Browns have never not been poverty in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, they have one playoff win. And alienated the quarterback who led them there so they could pay a serial uh, sex offender, allegedly. Yep. $230 million guaranteed. So there you yep. go. I think that sounds absolute poverty to me. <laughs> All right. Cowboys. Okay. Cowboys. This is the most con- contradicting thing that, like, I hate saying this. I feel like they're irrelevant. But they're the Cowboys, and I know that they're not. I feel like they're Dude, okay. I'm with you on that. Like, like the name, the name says like more yes. than it should. But you know like, what they are? They're a mid circus. That's what it is. <laughs> they're they're like, just they're mid, but they're 
the opposite of Carolina. They're both the same. Yeah, but the like one, one of them is just a clown show, and the other one is just like nobody like knows anything about them. Yes. Yep. I agree. I think that one's pretty easy. I just think you also weird. have to like take into account like expectations, and like the Cowboys are always expected to do shit, and they just never do it. Yeah. And like that's, that obviously like, you can't be well. Plus, we can't just sit here and say that Jerry Jones has well run that team. No. Like, over the past thirty years, because that's not true. No. I I agree. Mid. 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 Okay, so what do we want to say about the Broncos? Not a um, lot. What is the tier? Uh, oh, could be worse. Okay, I think. I feel I like would, that's where they're at. That is, I was going to go with could be worse. So Because they're never bad. I think me, like, the worst I've ever seen them, they picked like, I've seen them bad twice. And they picked Von Miller and Bradley Chubb both times they picked like top five. Let me give a case for them being well run because I actually think that that's where I lean because I'm willing to give bad teams a larger pass if they just like couldn't find the right quarterback. But we're trying to find the right quarterback. Like when they had Peyton Manning, when they went and got him, like they had a stretch that was just great and they like sustained it until Peyton Manning just died. So like <laughs> that. That part, like, means a lot. And then what happens after that? They can't find quarterbacks. They suck. They're trying to find quarterbacks. Maybe not as hard as they should be. But, like, when when they got everything in place, they won. They met exceeded expectations and did well. Like, what else do you want them to do? Finding a quarterback is hard. You know what? I'll give that to you. And, and like, yeah, I just think that we got to pay respect to that. When the Broncos have a quarterback, they're a force to be reckoned with. And even when they yeah. don't... Dude, I mean, let's think over the past like couple years when they haven't had a quarterback. They've had a really good roster. Yes, yes, and, it, and like they haven't made the playoffs, but that's because they're dr- trotting out Trevor Simeon and like right. Teddy Bridgewater and those guys. And like looking back in like the early two thousands, like they were pretty good. They're, they've always been good. It's just like they've they always hurt. been. They've yeah, been a mid program quarterback. They've yeah, always I'm, been a mid well run. Yeah, that they're because of their mid program, it makes them well run. Yeah. Well, like, they do everything well. It's just hard to find a quarterback. And, like, I'll, I'll give All them right. a little one for that. Let, uh, let's just, yeah. I don't think we need to talk about <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to talk about why the Lions are absolute poverty. The Lions really deserve their own tier, to be completely frank. Yeah. But, uh, I, if they would have had Dan Campbell 10 years ago, it'd be a different story. Yes. I believe in Dan Campbell. I think they're on the right path now, but that's in the future. This yes, is, that doesn't that doesn't erase zero and sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't. Okay, so are the Packers well run or are they objectively not poverty? I say objectively not poverty. That's what I'm leaning. Also, Gavin, I think they're well run. Like, oh, I just have a high high standard for that top tier. I, but see, when I look at you know not poverty, like objectively not poverty. And when we see Baltimore Ravens in there, I should see the Green Bay Packers there because it's almost the same. Except when you have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and win as like little amount of big games that they have, like... You know what? I Okay, I hear what you're saying, and I think I agree. They they have had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers back-to-back and have two Super Bowls to show like for it's it. A, kind of the opposite of the Broncos like they've had the quarterback but then kind of the easier part of like filling out the rest of the team 
Like, because this was in an era where quarterback contracts weren't, like, percentage-wise just fucking retarded, too. Like, it's not like Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre were actively, like, they were hurting that team. Don't get me wrong. They had to pay them. But, like, they should have been able to put enough talent around them to win more than they have. Bottom line. I'm down with that. Um, Yeah. I'm willing willing to, like, leave that top tier to, like, the well-run of the Mm well-runs. Right? Green Bay, Green Bay is somewhere in between. Denver's in well run. Green Bay is somewhere in between, like not poverty and and like well run. I agree. And the difference between Baltimore and Green Bay to me is like I is really like I don't believe in Lamar Jackson, so it's not surprising that like Baltimore has a one more with them. They made the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco and won. Like that is more impressive to me than making the Super Bowl with. And I mean, Baltimore, when they moved from Cleveland and became like the Baltimore Ravens, has like the same amount of Super Bowls as like the Packers. Yeah. Without like Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And I think that's kind of the difference. Okay. Are the Texans poverty or absolute poverty? Absolute poverty. Oh, well, but then you got like the 2000s there. I want to give them a pass for being good with Matt Schaub and like Andre Johnson. Yeah. And like them only being a team since 2002. But you, you gotta look at the poverty. But the what, recent. Like... Okay, hang on, guys. A religious like preacher or whatever is their general manager right now, just God, because. Point. He like doesn't know football, but he's religious, so he got promoted to GM. That's a good point. Like he, there's no qualifications. <laughs> uh, did their owner say some racist shit too? I'm 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 gonna. Well, they also knew that Deshaun Watson was actively touching women, but he's their franchise quarterback, so they didn't care. I'm like, gonna smash the absolute poverty button here. All right, we'll we'll go absolute poverty then. You drafted Deshaun Watson and then like helped him do everything and get, had to get rid of him. Like, all right, yeah. what about the Colts? Could be worse. Could be worse. I agree. And. The Colts, I feel so bad for the Colts. I remember when I was working at Menards and walked around for two hours telling every male there that Andrew Luck had retired. And <laughs> He would have been 32. He would have been 32 this year. I, that happening to an NFL team is so unfortunate, and the Colts have honestly like handled it so much better than they could have. And then they had the Peyton Manning years. Like, I... They yeah. still, I think we the were robbed because we were robbed because of CTE. I kind of believe that they're almost even more into well run than they are even there. But they that's where played. I was leaning was well run because they always seem to have like decent teams. Yeah, except for that just, one year. And I, I'm not gonna but, give them. Same thing with the quarterback. Like your your quarterback retired. Like, I'm moving them to well run. I, I agree. I think they're well. I think they're a well-run organization. I think people are gonna see this and they're gonna be like, "What?" <laughs> but you just gotta think about it, right? Like, it all comes down to like they've been doing the right moves to try and find quarterback. When they had the quarterback, like Peyton Manning, they did well. When they like, had- people are gonna have to listen to this podcast to understand our thought process. Right? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, team. <laughs> Denver and Indy are like the same. It's literally yes. the same thing. Yep. All right. Uh, Jags are absolute poverty. I don't think we need to worry about that one. Nope. They, I think that's uh, another. They made the AFC championship game and then like actively like just killed every good part of their roster on purpose. Yeah. They're absolute poverty. There's not a whole lot to say about it.
Okay, where do we put the Chiefs? Because this is like a weird one. You're so, gonna do this. You're gonna do this to me. I'm gonna put them up top with Baltimore. No, fuck you. Yeah. You're no, gonna do like, this to me because you're gonna remind me of the 2000s. There's no chance the Chiefs are not not poverty. I think they're well run or they're in the top tier. I, I don't. I don't agree with you. I think they either could be worse or mid. Oh no, you're not gonna do this to me, Sam. Dude, you can't just erase what happened before Andy Reid was there. Okay. I know. I know. I know. I'm I'm taking 2015 but on and valuing it too much. Look at prior to that, to, though, when we had Trent Green, you know, Dante Hall, Priest Holmes, like the and then, like, period we'll before that, like the Chiefs are cyclical, so, like up and down. If you look at the time periods, like it was like a four year drought, and then after that, it you know. We hit the ground running. So Wait, if that doesn't, here's the if thing, that doesn't you put us with, you can't just get rid of all the choke jobs. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of choke no, jobs I, everywhere I else. Agree. I, dude, dude, on come on, man. Like, don't, don't, don't lie to yourself here, dude. Like, teams aren't if, choking like Casey. If they aren't at least well run, then I think I'm not they could for be it. Worse. I'm put. They are. They are. Could be worse. I I agree with that, Sam. Once like. They, I, I can't agree with you that, like, the team is, like, the team, like, now is well-run. Yes. But we draft uh, fucking not Patrick Mahomes and our quarterback stinks. Then we're, like, then we're, like, arguing for mid or poverty after all the playoff disappointments. Yeah, I mean, that that's including, I don't know, we, we won a shit ton of games with Alex. I was going to say, like, you – are going to cut out the Alex Smith era. The fact that we won a Super but, Bowl, that ought to make up for the fucking dark I, times I that we went through. We won a Super Bowl, but like are we like where are we going to put the Bucks then? The Bucks have like the worst record in NF, in like the NFL, like percentage-wise. Yeah. No, I like, they're not poverty, but they're not well run. They've never been well run except for like a couple seasons in the early 2000s and when Tom Brady just rolled up I, I agree with you, Sam. I was taking 2015 and afterwards and valuing it too much. But, like, that is important, and it's the most important because it's recent. But everything yes, it is recent. And I, look, I think we've been well run. But I also don't I, – I think, you know, if we're going to put the bills in, like, this high for recency, like, we got to, like – I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like you need to temper stuff. On, like, I feel like if we did this at the end of Mahomes' career, we would be putting us in well-run if just everything continued. But like, well, I, need to, like I need to see us be well-run with a big quarterback contract. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. All right, let's do it. Do you, Bean, do you I'll, let you, I'll let you choose where the Chargers go. Me and Sam both agree with that. Where, where do you want the Chargers to be? What do I want the Chargers to be? Yeah, where do you want it? Oh God! Like this is such a gray area too, because like to me they're kind of mid, but then like they could have been worse because they, they had Drew Brees and they did really good there for a little bit. Then Philip so, Rivers. So here's the problem with the Chargers: they've always built the good rosters, and they have Rivers. They always underperform with them. Exactly. And, like, do, do we credit them for building the good team? Because, like, that's all you can do as an organization. I got it. I, I have the solution, gentlemen. 
because this is a big argument like that I'm thinking and I have the solution. You're adding another tier. Yep. And what is it going to be? Perennial underperformers? Give me a second. Live on air, in living color. Sam makes a change. Makes an audible. It's calling an audible. It's going for gold. Something that... Okay, I'm just... I'm, I'm intrigued now. I misspelled this. I'm sorry. Per... Perennial... Oh, shit. Perennial average. And we can Whoa. put the there. I think there's two ends, yeah. Perennial chokers. Put the cowboy there. In there. And that's pretty much just the chargers. Yeah. The I chargers are the line of demarcation from mid and poverty. Yeah. Yes, for real. Look, they have Justin Her- literally like Justin Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and they have one of the best rosters in the league, and like we're that their record just didn't Yep, they're just perennial jokers. How about that? Yep. What if they're the only one in this one? They are the only ones in that one. <laughs> they're the line of demarcation. You're either above the Chargers and, like, not poverty, or you're below them and poverty. That's that's the new rule. Um, All right, Rams. Where do we want the Rams? Well run? Um. I mean, obviously... Are we... Are we, are we I want to say could be worse because they were really bad before they moved to L.A. Well, you have the uh, Kurt Warner. Yeah, you do have Grisha on turf. Yeah. That, to me, there's so much. Obviously, the recent stuff, but, like. All right, how about this? We put them in well run, and we disregard everything that happened in St. Louis. Okay. That works for me. That's the Rams, not not St. That's the L.A. Rams, not the St. Louis Rams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, right. I think since they've got to L.A., that's a pretty fair. Oh, boy. Good God. Raiders. This. So they made the playoffs twice in the last couple of years. But is this poverty? Like the opposite. I, this, of is, the this is poverty, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they also did have the only coach that was dumb enough to get caught saying racist and stupid shit. Yeah, that puts it right into poverty. Yeah, I don't, I don't think because they made the playoffs last year, they can't be absolute poverty. That's true. They win too much to have be absolute poverty. I agree. Um, now, if you asked me this five years ago, they absolutely would have been absolute poverty. Yeah, they've had but good they, years. They righted the ship a little bit. Yeah, I agree. They well, they righted the ship, but they also like have just had so much opportunity, like. All of the picks and stuff they get from the Khalil Mack trade, like they're just like roster building over the last couple of years as a whole has been awful. Just poverty. poverty. Yeah. All right, Dolphins. What are we thinking? And if you count the seventy, like if you just count, I feel like this is. I feel like Carolina and uh, Miami are like just irrelevancy i was gonna say mid and i'm also yeah because obviously all the past success 
they can't find that anymore. And I, I'm going to throw in also, cause like the recent stuff with, uh, all of the tampering that they've been doing, like self-inflicted wounds as an organization that, that kind of weighs in too. Cause like you're, you've got this quarterback, you're trying to build this roster and it just always feels like the dolphins can't get out of their own way at this point. Yeah. I, I feel like if they were actually more relevant, they'd be more poverty, if that makes sense. Yes. I, yeah. I but they're so irrelevant that they're just in mid, which is counterintuitive, but it's just kind of the way that it is. I love the, I still love the Cowboys with their name and brand still being mid and irrelevant. It cracks me up. <laughs> Vikings are also mid, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. yep. Which is, I mean, just Kirk Cousins being their quarterback, just perfectly encapsulates everything and i like hate that for kirk cousins because he is a good quarterback but he's, he's just, just also, not he he's not he's not mid. in a good situation he's just mid it's fine okay hear me out i feel like new england is well run because like they've been dog water outside of the tom brady era but like the tom brady era is so good that it like has to be in well run. Uh, weren't they okay with Bledsoe and like? I mean, yeah, they fire. were fine. They made like a Super Bowl like it, in '85. That wasn't with Bledsoe though. So I don't disagree with you, Sam. I just want to bring up the point of like when Brady left. That was like the, holy shit, we're going to get to see like Bill Bel- like It's like a science experiment. Now we get to see what Bill Belichick can do and what Tom Brady does. Tom Brady goes and wins a Super Bowl. The Patriots are just kind of mid with a mid-quarterback and everything's kind of bad right now. I feel like that should take away some of what the Patriots did, not necessarily what Tom Brady did for the Patriots during all of those well, years. Well, that's why I think they're well run. Because, I mean, you asked me this like three years ago when Tom's on the team. It's objectively not poverty. Yeah. So I think it's just well run. All right. I agree with you. There's too much. Yeah. With all the Super Bowls and stuff they have, it's kind of amazing that they're not uh, the top tier anyways. So. I mean, like Bill might literally prove us wrong this year. And they made the playoffs last year still. Like, yeah, it's still very well run. In this AFC, if they make a run to, like, a championship game uh, with Mac Jones at quarterback, then that would be something that would help me move them up there. But just the fact that I think they were so reliant on how obviously Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the game and everything, that just take kind of takes away in my mind. And I feel kind of the same way with the Saints. Where, like, instead of arguing between not poverty and well-run, it's more like well-run and could be worse. I'm thinking could be worse. That's I, what I was thinking, because the Saints, the Saints were the Aints for forever. Yeah, and they have like, the Super just, Bowl, and then after that could never get back to, like, that level. But they had Drew Brees the whole time. Yeah, and, like, that's kind of my thing. It's kind of that Aaron Rodgers thing, where it's like you won a Super Bowl with the Hall of Fame quarterback. And so you're kind of knocked down one tier because you didn't win enough. Yes. Which, okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, the Giants have – the Giants beat the undefeated Patriots, so they can't be absolute poverty. But, oh, my God, this team is so bad. I'm thinking poverty. I think – 
so my know. gut reaction, just because of the two Super Bowls and because of like the highs that they did have reasonably recent, I almost say that that still keeps them in the mid. Because like you get rid of Eli Manning, who some people think is a um, Hall of Fame quarterback, which I don't agree. And like obviously you're going to struggle to replace a Hall of Fame quarterback. No, they've been fucking terrible over the past. It's it's the two Super Bowls and one being over the undefeated Pats. I think for me that gets that keeps them in mid. They're the bottom of mid. Yes, yeah, and it's they're in mid because of two seasons out of like twenty in our lifetime. Yeah, no, honestly, like they lose one of those Super Bowls, they're poverty. Yes, I agree. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Jets, absolute poverty. No. J e t s. Jets. 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 P-O-V-E-T-Y, poverty. Yeah, they're poverty. Next. <laughs> um, Eagles are mid, right? Like, surely. Oh, yeah. Like, I know they have that Super Bowl, but, like, they... I don't know, Sam. They have a, they've always had a good roster for the past, like, decade almost. Okay. Like... They got mm, yeah, in. they they are better than all the teams in mid. They just like I would say it could be worse. They've had a good roster. They when they got the right quarterback, um, kind of made it to a Super Bowl and won it, and then have just like kind of been in this like trying to search for the quarterback, but have kept a good roster in. It's yeah, I think just when you look at the teams that are in mid, mm-hmm. like the Vikings just, are the top of mid, along with like the Cowboys. And the Eagles are, like, in that same group, but they have a Super Bowl in the last five years. Yeah. I put, I, I put them in the same category as the Vikings. So mid? Yeah. Oh, I I don't know. I, it's I, so close. I, I've got to put them in could be worse. Like, the Saints are there, but they had Drew Brees. The, like, Philly hasn't had anything, and they still have a Super Bowl. I'm going to put them in could be worse because of the Super Bowl, but they're very close to They're mid. very close. Honestly, like how this stuff with Jalen Hurts and like the next couple of years go could easily move them down. I, to here, here's why they're in mid for me. They have a Super Bowl in the last five years. And they made the playoffs last year of the Vikings. Like if the Vikings made the playoffs last year and like won a game, they probably would be in could be worse. Well, the Eagles have obviously shown as an organization the ability to take that next step, win the Super Bowl. The Vikings can't do that. God, what a weird sentence. Um, I know. Steelers are not poverty, by the way. I'm making the executive decision. It's the most well-run organization in sports, yeah, in my yep. opinion. I agree. That team has had, like, three head coaches since, like, the, like, 70s or 80s. Like, that's insane. The biggest mistakes that they have made recently have just been, like, refusing to move on from Big Ben, but they also had so much success with Big Ben, and there's such a, like, classy organization quote-unquote after all the big ben stuff but uh you like let them letting ben just kind of ride out his career there like i'll forgive you for that because you had so much success with the dude and have never had a losing season and all that yeah they're they're absolutely like not poverty no poverty tendencies at all yep oh my god seahawks are a weird one uh, where where did we put the Giants? Because I would put them there. We put mid. them in mid. 
I would say the Seahawks are mid. Same thing. You made two Super Bowls. You won one. Then you just kind of pissed away a good quarterback and are now just dog shit. And you weren't there. Either could be worse or mid, and I think it really depends on how you look at it. My vote's mid. I vote mid. You both think mid, then I'm good with mid because like. They really have only been good when Russ was there. Like, they were pretty bad. Like, I mean, they made a Super Bowl with Matt Hasselback. So, they made three Super Bowls, like, since... uh, Fairly recently. Oh, what year was that? I think that would have been 2005, 2006. They've made three Super Bowls in that time period. But, like, they've just been kind of bad, like, outside of those. Well, it seems like as soon as they hit a high – like, other NFL teams in the tier above, like the Saints, the Chiefs, the Bills, what you're seeing is when they get the right quarterback or when they're good, they're doing a much better job of sustaining it than we've seen from the Seahawks. So so here's my argument, like, for the Eagles, like, against the Seahawks, right? Mm -hmm. The Eagles were really good under Andy Reid, and then they kind of fell out, and they hired Chip Kelly – and they were actually pretty good under Chip Kelly for like two years. And then they fell out. And they hired Doug Peterson. And they won a Super Bowl. And then they fell out. And then they hired Nick Sirianni. And they were like good again. Like they made the playoffs. Yep. So like the Eagles have had like four different head coaches in our lifetime. And they made the playoffs with all four guys. Yeah. And so for me, that like is kind of a justification for why they're not just mid. Yeah. But like the Seahawks have literally like only been successful like with Mike Holmgren, who's like a Hall of Famer, and Pete Carroll, who will be a Hall of Famer. And they have some Super Bowl appearances to show up for and a Super Bowl. But really outside, like, all the other years, like, are bad. Yep, I agree. Oh, man. If, I'm uh, putting San Francisco and could be worse because they, they got, like, four – they do have four Super Bowls. Yep, and we are a, uh, like – six inches of Emmanuel Sanders arm length away from them having another Super Bowl and them probably being in the tier above too. So yeah, I would say do you agree with that beans. Yeah, I agree. Like San Francisco for a long time, like the early part of our life was like really poorly run. And now, and they still are kind of bad, like here and there, but like they're good and they have the history and it's hard. The to... Kaepernick era, like the short Kaepernick run too. Yeah. Like they, they're, they're, they have spurts where they're just, they're like, they're like the Bengals, but at the Bengals had Super Bowls. Yeah. <laughs> no, they and just like have really high highs and then just kind of like bottom out, but then always recover up, back up. Like, which is a good, I mean, good franchise with the way the NFL rules are. are yeah. So. Okay. So I think the Bucks are the most controversial one, right? Yeah. So yep. the Bucks have two Super Bowls, two in the last like twenty years. They also went 0 14. Also had a twenty six game losing streak as an expansion team. Also have like the lowest winning percentage like in NFL history. But they're not; they're fairly young. So to have two Super Bowls as a young they, franchise, they, they were like in seventy six though. Like that's been that's, that's true. Like fifty years. That's true. I. For my money, you have the highest highs, and your franchise as a whole also has the lowest low. That I feel like it's got to be mid. Yep. Like, like the, when I hear this, I think I'm thinking of like 
if they were still rolling out Jameis, we're looking at this team as poverty. or Kind of like the Dolphins. Like, yeah. Almost, almost similarly to the Dolphins, you know, that old – you're thinking it's, of it's like – It's like an average at that point. It's yeah. like if you get a 100 on a test and a zero on a test, you got a 50, like average. Right. Yep. Yep. And the Titans are mid too, by the way. Oh, I don't know. I might put them in could be worse. They've – like, they just don't win anything. You no, know, and I'm thinking recent too, because they've been—they don't win anything, but they've been fairly consistent at winning a lot of games without making it mean anything. For for me, they're the exact same team as the Panthers. They're the Panthers and like I'd the Titans, Vikings too. Yeah, and like the Viking, like the Vikings are only not the Vikings are only semi-relevant because of the rival with the Packers, like. The Panthers and the Titans literally have, like, no history. They're a real, the, yeah. The people, the Oilers are more well-known than the Titans, in my opinion. I, I agree, but I got to say something about our next team, because I think we should only, like, we should base our decision entirely off of just their new name. Just, like, they're, we're only ranking the Commanders. Nothing before that, because the Commanders, <laughs> like, that's who they are. So mid is good for the Titans. Mid is good, yes. And obviously okay. the commanders are oh good we get a new tier just for the commanders. And what's our name for this one? Just think like this team's been irrelevant for so long that the only thing they're known for is changing names. Oh shoot! I ruined it. I ruined the surprise. I ruined the surprise. I what apologize is- to all, uh, everyone who I ruined it for in living color. Dog water. Dog water. Nice. They're yeah. little dog water. Yeah. They're so like, bad. Like, there's Washington. no redeeming quality to the Manders, like, under any circumstance. They have a terrible owner. Who's, like... Also, they're just like their owners, like the symbol of NFL owners just getting away with anything because they have money. While like the NFL just continues to punish players. Like, I put this into perspective. Everything we've talked about on this show about Deshaun Watson, everything that's been talked about in NFL circles about Deshaun Watson, and no one gives a shit about Dan Snyder, even though like similar things have been brought up about him just like nobody can touch him because he has so much money and power in the nfl dude the thing is is like think about this the the commanders have three super bowls in their history and like they're just such a clown show that it's it's unbelievable right like their owner is such a fucking crazy it's very similar to the Raiders, but the Raiders have like straightened the ship out a little bit with Derek Carr, like in re- in recent years. Like the Raiders were the Raiders were in the exact same situation, except their owner was just like fucking nuts. Like Al Davis is crazy. He wasn't like promoting like workplace sexual like harassment and like siphoning off money from the NFL allegedly and like just. The like, look at the free agents they sign. Like, do you just even roster building their poverty? Yeah, I I got nothing to refute against that. They're fucking terrible. Yeah, like 
they're they're the worst in my opinion. So th- there you go, everyone. Objectively not poverty. Raven Steelers, well run. Broncos, Packers, Colts, Rams, Pats could be worse. Bills, Chiefs, Saints, Eagles, 49ers, mid Panthers, Cowboys, Dolphins, Vikings, Giants, Seahawks, Bucks, Titans, perennial chokers, Chargers. Honestly, the Falcons could probably go perennial chokers too, but they're in poverty <laughs> long. The Bears, Bengals, and Raiders. Absolute poverty is the Cardinals, Browns, Lions, Texans, Jags, and Jets. And then dog water is fucking the commanders. The worst, the worst. Can we agree that like if Dan Snyder was just like normal bad and like there wasn't just this stain on the owner, they're probably just in the other tier of normal, just straight, complete poverty. Like they aren't. Dan Snyder, if Dan Snyder got kicked out of the NFL tomorrow, I would argue that they're just mid. Or the very worst. Dan Snyder is so bad it takes him down three tiers. Yes, like Let's Dan Snyder's the fucking worst. <laughs> I'm with it. I agree. I agree. I mean, he's, he's at best they're po- at worst at, at at worst they're poverty, but they might actually just be mid because yeah. of the history. Yeah. All right, ladies and germs. I hope you enjoyed us ranting and raving about a tear maker for what was probably an eternity for you, but was not an eternity for us let me get my face well, back on this and we'll let people know what they think so the one Bengals fan can come on and uh talk to us about how they should be in the top tier because of one year where everybody played above expectations <laughs> i do find it funny how the afc north had two of the most well-run organizations in it and then the other two are poverty borderline absolute poverty and then just absolute poverty yeah Okay, Mr. Beans, it is your time to shine. We need a thought-provoking moment to segue away from us talking for a bajillion years. Okay, well, you're going to have to keep talking on this one because I have a question. Go. Um, I have a question for this one more than anything. What, oh, sport, what sport would be the most fun if it allowed excessive drinking? Excessive drinking? Yes. Are professional Baseball. athletes still playing it, though? Yes. Okay. And you have so to be- it, it it's baseball or like just some track event. Probably like the mile. No, because like people hate watching the mile just like because it takes forever. And like it's just circles. Like it's gotta be something that still has intensity and like everything, but it's just now there's just a comedic value added because everybody's drunk. I'm thinking like hurdles. Hurdles would be four hundred meter hurdle. Well, because then Everyone you just fucking blacked, and then they go around the hurdles. Well, but then you you keep the important thing here is you keep the opportunity open for that one just Cinderella story. That dude that's just a superior athlete, even when he's hammered and just like nothing changes, and he just demolishes the field because he's just like locked in, even when he has like a point two blood alcohol content. Yeah, no, I I would say when I'm thinking this, I'm thinking like dodgeball or something that like if we're just going to make it a bigger sport than it really is, like let's let's do something like that. I I saw that World Championship Excel was on ESPN2 over the weekend. And so I'm thinking like imagine getting fucking blasted and having to make Excel docs. 
That's what I want to see. Well, like, we, I mean, Will Howard plays quarterback like he's drunk, and I hate watching that. And <laughs> watching bad, watching bad basketball, like, sucks, even if they're drunk. Ba- basketball would be bad. Like, yeah. that wouldn't be good. Baseball, like, yeah, running the base, like, majors, basically major sports, I just think wouldn't be fun because there's too much required hand eye coordination. Baseball would be really good for, like, two innings. Because you'd just be seeing drunk people, like, stumble over the bags and, like, stumble while they swing and stuff. But the novelty would wear off, like, as the game went on. And I just don't think there would be enough, like, actually being able to swing and hit the ball, like, as hammered as you would be. Maybe, like, like softball. Like, pro softball. Like, men's league softball. Like, yeah. No, they already do that. Same with I'm talking about professional men's league softball. Major league players playing slow pitch hammered baseball would be like that would that would be funny as shit because like it'd still be really hard to hit the ball anyways, but you'd probably hit it at a normal rate, but still just be drunk running the bases. You'd have to do it to where they have like because like the men like the professional men's league softball thing has a thing where it's like you can only hit ten home runs. Yeah. And then after mm-hmm. you hit like ten home runs and it's an out. So like mm-hmm. then it becomes like a whole like stratagem thing. My yeah. answer my answer is NASCAR. No, God, no. <laughs> I feel like that's too dangerous. People have actually died doing NASCAR, right? <laughs> like, I'm just trying to watch some dude eat shits during hurdles or whatever. But, like, you're actually just provoke- like, you're just trying to get an actual fucking wreck out there. <laughs> I would like to see it though. I'd be I'd be game. I'm imagining like the equivalent of a beer mile, but it's just NASCAR. So like every lap, you gotta stop, get out, hammer one, and then just do the laps. There's like like 200 laps. The guys in the driver's seat just. (laughs) Yep. What if you just have to like finish a beer like every 10 laps, like but it's in your car. It is amazing though for a sport that has alcohol just at its core that there is less like alcohol involved just in playing the sport or doing the sport generally. Probably around driving. I'm just imagining driver would act like Cartman from that uh, South Park episode where he was just eating Vagisil to become dumb and stupid or uh, (laughs) poor and stupid so he could be good at NASCAR. I'm just imagining everybody like turning, taking a left turn, and you like imagine Dale Earnhardt back in the day, and just you just hear him in the mic just go. <laughs> yeah, except Dale Earnhardt died in a car wreck, so like that would happen more often now. Yeah, but if he would have been drunk, maybe he would have swerved. And I missed. lost my shit when you said NASCAR. We got to move on. <laughs> We're promoting drunk driving at this point. No one's ever going to sponsor us again. <laughs> But if it's in professional sports, it's okay. Just like hockey. You can fight in hockey, and it's all right. Okay. Drunk hockey hockey might actually just be hilarious because it might actually just be guys fighting the whole time. (laughs) Or like when they – like not being able to skate too. I mean that (laughs) – That's the other aspect of it. Just seeing a bunch of drunk dudes trying to skate and fight while skating. Piss it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm into that. All right. All right. So um, I'm going to start this because I want to stop talking and I don't want to like get and I, I everyone's probably done listening to me talk. So I'm just start and go. I got two things. One, uh, free Britney Griner. Fuck Russia. Uh, don't need to say too much about that. But two, as you can see today, I am very well 
protected, right? No sunburn, whatever. I bought this sunscreen. It was like, I don't even know what brand it was. Might have been like Allsport or some bullshit like that. But I was sitting, no protection from the sun, in a nine-inning baseball game yesterday, like three hours, sweating my nuts off. I was sitting like 10 rows up from like the dugout. So like I'm like in the shit, you know what I mean? No shade, nothing. I bought this SPF 100 sunscreen, and there are no burns on this man. Nice. I don't know what brand of sunscreen that was. I would I'll shout him out next week if I can find if I can find the bottle again. But holy shit, get yourself some fucking SPF 100. That shit was incredible. Like I've never. Dog, I felt so. There's like a spot on my neck that got burnt because it's hard to get your because like I was sweating and it's hard to get your whole neck mm-hmm. or whatever when you're going like this because it's spray. But it's like there's this one section that's about yay big, you know what I mean? Like it's not even that big of a section. Like I felt that part of my neck like bacon frying, you know what I mean? And like I thought I felt my arms bacon frying. Nah, no that's chance. Nice. Dog, SPF 100 sunscreen recommend like don't don't be an idiot don't don't get fucking like melanoma tan is like out the door don't give a shit about your tan fucking lather up ladies and gentlemen what you got for our hot take beans all right this is gonna be quick and it's gonna be short okay i i don't want my a lot of what i do is dealing with youth sports and everything i'm sorry it's it's actually really fun. I enjoy what I do. I love my job. I don't work Be, a day in my love life. love playing with kids. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> On a real note, I've always wanted to talk about this for like the past few weeks and we just never got around to it. Parents are ruining youth sports. Like it is – we've talked about it a long time ago about, you know, an official getting jumped after a basketball game on an official – I, I, I don't know. It's just something that I've always wanted to talk about. Like parents ruin youth sports. Youth sports is designed to be fun and stuff like that. And I've always wanted to do like this little, uh, it, it's called the car ride home. I've always wanted to do a, like a program on it. Like uh, how parents, you know, like coach their kids on the way home and it just ruins the fun for kids. I don't know. Just that's kind of my hot take. Parents ruin everything. And it includes youth Max. sports. Yeah. No parents. There's like a ton of parents nowadays that just live vicariously through their kids, and it yes. like ruins so much. Yes, stuff, and dude. I and I see it in my profession, and it it sucks. I hate seeing it because you can't call them out on their bullshit. What, what's amazing though, Beans, and what's really sad is like once one generation of parents moves on and like either learns it or just doesn't learn it or whatever, the next generation just comes along and does the same exact thing. It's yes. probably probably something that'll just always happen because people act on emotions and it's teaching them you know if you're acting like a little child on the you know in the bleachers what what do you expect that kid's going to act on the court when something doesn't go their way it's it's you know and uh, it it really pisses me off my my thing is like if you're a parent the extent of your coaching should be like for instance like my dad like taught me how to do like a uh, like a pass rush move that he learned in college and mm-hmm. like I used it because they didn't teach us that like at school because it, it was like a uh, it was like a push pull move or whatever 
Mm-hmm. And so, like, he taught me how to do that one, and, like, I did it a couple of times, but, like, because they, they only taught you, like, rip, swim, staff, like, that stuff. But, like, it's it's stuff like that, like, stuff that you're not learning that's, like, skill-based, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Teaching you how to shoot a basketball, like, that's something you should be doing. But not, like, ha- like, the actual playing of the game is something that the kid needs to, like, find themselves in, right? Yes, They're- let them let them have their fun. It's their sport. You had your chance. Go play your beer league softball games, you know? Yeah, there there's such a big issue with parents making excuses for their children. You got to talk down another kid because your kid isn't doing what you think your kid should be doing. Like, exactly. At the, end, at the end of the day, like, you're you, – and the other part with that, too, is I love the, like, parents, like, I know what my kid needs. And then they just, like – don't sometimes too like that is can just be a completely false statement like your kid is just like really hard on themselves and like you help that by like also being really hard on them or just the complete opposite way of making so many excuses that they're even more harder on themselves and i'm not saying i'm not i'm not bringing this up because i don't want to get fired from my job you know i love like i said i love what i do but like but it's 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 a a concern for me as a person working athletics because then these kids are going to grow up and hate sports. And a lot of what we do nowadays is for the love of sports right. and just driving them away. Isn't going to help us out in the future. No, I agree. Well, it's I, absolutely an important uh, con- concept. And then like you're seeing like parents spend like thousands of dollars for them to go play travel ball and stuff like that and fill their weekends up. And that alone is a separate conversation on ruining their bodies, but I'm yeah. not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into Kid- that. You should let your kids be kids, by the way. Yes. Like, yeah. You, dude, how many times you hear those stories about, and this is like not every kid, obviously, but it's like, oh yeah, like I started playing football in eighth grade because like my friend signed up and then I signed up and it ended up being like an NFL Hall of Famer. And it's like, dude didn't play fucking football for like since third grade, like yeah. some of us did or fourth grade. Yeah. yeah. They played in eighth grade. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like to me, to me, you gotta you gotta guide your kids in the right direction, right? In my opinion, I don't have kids. Like I, I don't know the first thing about parenting. I don't either, but but like I just feel like you need to guide your kids in the right direction. Like I think sports are very good for like, you know, just relationship building, obviously for health, like Social a, a myriad of things. But, like, you shouldn't just be like, all right, well, you're playing football because I played football. It's like, no. Like, you should you should ask them if they want to play football and, like, encourage them to go out for sports and, like, encourage them to go out for the team and stuff. Like, you can't force them to do anything. You got to, like, you got to lead. It's the old saying with the horse where it's like, you lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Like, you can yeah. lead your kid, like, on the, like what you think they should be doing. But, but you got to let them make that choice. the water won't make it drink. <laughs> Yeah, you just drown the kid. And like, if you, dude, if your kid doesn't want to play fucking travel ball, don't sign them up for travel ball. Like, that's a pain in the ass for them and you. And you're going to regret it yourself. Yeah, yep. exactly. And imagine if, like, imagine if, like, Dan Marino was, like, pushed to the limits and then said, screw it, I hate football now because of my parents. What would, what would the Dolphins, you know, lifespan be like for them? You know, it'd be, it'd be a completely different picture. Yeah. You, you could what if that with every single kid because exactly. the reality is that like nobody's childhood, nobody's sports career, whatever is perfect. But like 
some people just because of the environment they grew up in or whatever is just absolutely not conducive and, to helping them succeed. And you know what? We bring the we, we talk about this on the on our the day of our Lord August eighth, you know, twenty twenty two. We'll probably talk about it again, you know, here in a probably. year or two. It's it's we'll be talking about this in twenty years. Yes, it's gonna be. I don't know. It's something in my profession that I just see up close, and it really frustrates me. And I, I sometimes I like to. You know, I can't I can't say anything, but I like to vent about it. Yes, because it's such it's disturbing to me. It, it hurts. It hurts me to see it. That's it's why I'm going to be a coach. That way I can tell fucking Tiffany that she plays left wing and you should not be playing where the right back is. You fucking dumbass. Get in your position and play the ball when it comes to you and cross it to Alexa because she's a kick ass striker. Yeah. So was that easy. <laughs> All right, Gavin, you got any hot takes here? Or... I do, and it's really just a um, – I'll let you guys catch your breath. It's really just a conversation to have with us because um, the Chiefs – we've seen the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes on a rookie contract. This is like not signing Tyreek is like a direct like look now at like, holy shit, we can't keep some of the players we want because we're starting to get cap strapped. And – we're going down this road, it appears, of um, maybe making Mahomes become a more complete quarterback as far as, like, playing the whole, you know, not backyard stuff, uh, actually reading the entire field, etc. We had to see him do that last year when the defenses started with the cover two shells and he, maybe we struggled a little bit, a little bit more than we thought. We saw that in the playoff game because we refused to run the ball. Are you guys concerned should we be concerned as Chiefs fans that, like, that's the direction that uh, this offense is being built when maybe we're not – it's not being built entirely to Mahomes' strengths? I just want to kind of talk about that for a little bit. Now – Could be worse, baby. Yeah. No, I – this is, <laughs> like – this is the people on the absolute top of the mountain, like, talking about the tiny little cracks we have in our offense and stuff. Because let's be honest – Last year was a down year for Mahomes, and it was a career year for most quarterbacks. Like that's uh, that's the reality we're dealing with here. But when we're when you have a quarterback like when you have a roster like this, when you're trying to win Super Bowls, those are the margins that are the difference between making the Super Bowl or losing to the Bengals. I think it's wait and see. I mean, I think I think you need to be balanced on offense for the most part. I don't think really any team has ever been able to win a Super Bowl by not having some sort of balance because the run game absolutely travels and your defense travels. I mean, if you look at the Bucs, they were running the ball for Leonard Fournette by the end of the year. Uh, I mean, Cam Akers wasn't like super efficient, but like the Rams were running the ball a little bit. Uh, Kansas City with Damian Williams running the ball, and it goes on and on and on. Teams are always able. Teams that win seem to always be able to run the ball like effectively, or at least some. And like I- ironically, we've been critical of the Chiefs' loss to the Bengals, saying that they didn't run the ball enough, like and exactly. that they weren't balanced enough. So that's um, I agree. There's a lot of other factors that go into that. I just think it's an interesting approach for the Chiefs to take because our Best deep, like we would agree, Mahomes playing backyard football, hitting throws across the field, down the field is like his best skill set. It's something he can do that no other quarterback in the league can do. And the guy that's down there is MBS, who is reportedly dropping everything that comes his way in training camp. 
So well, that's I, why I think it's just one of those things. Is not like it's not reliable, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I, you get Wasp in the Super Bowl, uh, but other times you don't get Wasp in the Super Bowl, and you get the Bengals game. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, no, I mean, yeah. It like Mahomes went dynamite in that one playoff run, and he got super hot for three games, and that was all great and glorious and everything. But like football isn't always that way, and so you Remember need to be versatile. The Jesse Bates interception in overtime, and the Chiefs win. The Chiefs win the toss, and then don't win the game because of Jesse Bates interception on a route from McCole Hardman that was eerily similar with the inward and then outward breaking deep route 30 yards down the field to the Wasp play. It just didn't work that time because. The 49ers left Tyreek Hill folding chair open, and we were playing against an all-pro safety who said, I should be over there because that's where the ball is going. And that's the margins you're dealing with. When you're talking yep. about a vertical passing game. Yeah. Run the ball, Andy. Jeez. Well, run the ball when they line up with five in the box. Yes. Please. <laughs> it's not rocket science. Really. We promise. Run the ball with Isaiah Pacheco and Sky Moore. It'll all work itself out. <laughs> well, I think that's pretty much the end of that. I, I guess you didn't really get much, many words in edgewise on that, Beans. Do you have any last words to add on to either that hot take or just in general? Nope. Nope is the word of the day. Gavin, do you have any last words? No, I'm just happy that football season's coming back around. Yes, sir. Ball is football here, season's baby. back around. K-State football is less than four weeks away. College football is less than three weeks away. Gavin, you are raising your hand. What do you need? Yes, I'm raising my hand. Uh, I saw today uh, Adrian Martinez was throwing, was making throws for the first time this offseason. So what? Um, he's, he's looking less than currently injured. But also, now that I said that out loud and was enthusiastic, it also just hit me that it's August and he's just now throwing for the first time this offseason. <laughs> I am so, I am absolutely petrified. I didn't need to know that. And now Never mind. I, I, I retract that. I didn't want to be sad, but now I kind of, I, I meant that as optimism. And then it hit me that it's August. So uh, beans play this outro, with some really sad music. Um, we'll, we'll hit you guys on the next time. We'd like to thank everyone for listening to today's uh, show, you know, like, share, and subscribe. 